The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Speed limits and pedestrian safety have been big topics at City Hall over the last uh, few weeks, especially over the last couple of days. Now, late yesterday afternoon, City Council passed a motion to get more information about the proposed changes, which would see speed limits reduced to 40 kilometres an hour in suburban areas, 30 kilometres an hour in the core. Here's 630 Chad's Scott Johnson. In the core, the limit will be 30, 40 in the suburbs. Yeah, Councillor Mike Nickel thinks it should be done one by one. Some of my neighbourhoods, 40 will work. Some neighbourhoods, 30 will work. Some neighbourhoods, 50 will work. You let the neighbourhood decide. The delay until the new year will allow them to get last-minute info, like this little nugget from Police Chief Dale McPhee that was talked about courtesy of a council-wide memo that Aaron Paquette referenced where the chief thinks there can be unintended consequences consequences by a slower speed limit. My inference was just that there needs to be clarity. If we are going to do this, do it with all available information and roll it out in as responsible a fashion as possible. So nobody would get frustrated having to drive 30 in what their head tells them should be 50. Well, I think that happens already. And before it's all done, there will be another public hearing. Scott Johnson, Global News. Um, joining me in studio this afternoon is Julie Kusiak with the group Livable Streets and traffic safety advocate Troy Pavlik. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Now, let's start with this. Uh, your initial thoughts on what happened yesterday at City Hall. Julie. Right. Well, you know what? I think we are quite pleased about what happened. Um, it, it signaled that council was ready to make a decision. And um, I think Edmontonians were ready for a decision. Now, yes, we're still going to have to wait until January 2020 mm-hmm. um, for those bylaws. But I think that's a reasonable step um, to get those bylaws in place. Troy, your thoughts? I mean, it's unquestionably a win. I've been fighting for speed reduction for over three years now and putting a lot of effort in. Why have you both been fighting for speed reduction for um, as long as you have? And I, and I look at you, like, how old are you? both of you? Not that age matters, but both of you are, I'm guessing, in your 20s. Just turned 25. Yes, I am in my mid-30s. Okay, well, well done. <laughs> I need to find out what uh, moisturizer you're using. But, I mean, why has, has this become, um, you know, the, the, the battle cry for, for the both of you? Well, so I got involved when my neighborhood was up for neighborhood renewal in Queen Alexandra um, back in 2014. And we started up the QA Crossroads Initiative, which turned into Engage 106.76. And why that was important is because we have two really busy collector roads in our neighborhood that kind of cut our neighborhood into quadrants mm. where it wasn't safe to cross the road. Parents weren't letting their kids go on playdates or to the park. We had the bike lanes that were painted on and the cyclists were using the sidewalk, Mm -hmm. which infuriates everybody. Uh And so we went and we said, what can we do to make this a more livable street? And so that's what it was about. It was that call for a more livable, usable street that would enhance the neighborhood. Troy? For me, it's, I really like living in Edmonton. I bought a house here. This is where I want to live the rest of my life. And the most probable way for me to not live to see the rest of my life is to be hit by a car. (laughs) I'm looking purely out for self-interest. I (laughs) want to exist in a beautiful, livable Edmonton for the rest of my life. Do you drive a car? I don't. I gave up my car last October. Really? Yeah. uh, It's not... It's not impossible. People are shocked about this, but Edmonton is making really positive progressive changes. Do you live downtown? I live in Hazeldean, so okay, just south yeah. of White Ave. Core area, yeah. but not downtown. So are you cycling? Like, how are you getting to and from? I biked here and biked, locked my bike up to your fence outside. There's no bike racks at 630 Ched. Tut-tut. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
<laughs> no, there's not. There are no. <laughs> Take a look around. Who, none of, who, who in here is cycling? And I know you're thinking more of you should be, but to be honest with you, I still don't believe, and I, I'm not even going to look at the text line right now because every time I bring up cyclists, right, um, people get really, really ticked off. There's a lot of people who are really, really angry still about bike lanes in the city. A lot of folks who are really happy about them. But I would say... The majority of my texters and probably my listeners, probably about 80%, um, are furious at bike lanes and furious at cyclists. So I think... Oh! <laughs> yeah, so one thing I'd like to clarify about the core zone proposal is, um, you know, it is about the lowering of speed limits Mm -hmm. to 30 within the core, but it's also about that adaptable measure piece so that the road queues um, match that posted speed limit so that there is less frustration out there for for everybody because there's that predictability around how people should be behaving on that road. Do you find that animosity between uh, between, uh, cyclists, motorists, pedestrians? I'd like to take a step back and address the question because 100% of drivers are also pedestrians. I'd prefer to use the most correct label for all of them, which is people. (laughs) A cyclist is a person, a driver Mm -hmm. is a person, and a pedestrian is a person, and most of them are all three at some point in their life. There's this weird, visceral anger we experience when we get behind the wheel of a car, and it's not exclusive just to cyclists and pedestrians. I guarantee you, if you ask your listeners, who cut you off last week and how many times did you give them the finger? Like, (laughs) they're going to have a recollection of that. Oh, yeah. So I think it's more about when we get behind the wheel, we're separated from our environment. We're in this insulated box. We've got our music. We've got traffic in Mm -hmm. front of us. And we forget that we're part of a community. I want to cycle back. Let's uh, cycle back to what happened at uh, at City Council yesterday afternoon. I know f- part of me is is thinking, you know, they were looking at forty sixty, they were looking at thirty fifty, they're looking at you know thirty in the core, fifty. No, what is it now? Forty. No, what is it? It's forty suburban areas, thirty in the core. I am confused that people are going. I I I'm concerned that people are going to be confused about this. Right, and like you know, knowing where that core area is. So I think um, one thing to keep in mind is we already have several different speed limits on our roads today. And so what this does is it allows City Council, or the direction that City Council gave to administration is to draft up some bylaws that set a default speed limit for 30 and a default speed limit for 40, whereas right now we have a default speed limit across the city for 50. Um, So I'd imagine that within the core, where we have those playground zones and things like that that are already 30, it actually might make more sense uh-huh. because then there is less of that speeding up and slowing down. Um, and and having the 40 in the suburbs, 30 in the core still allows for us to have, um, you know, faster collectors if we need to. Um, those can be signed in as exceptions. And, um, and our arterial roads are not changing with any of the motions that were passed yesterday. Um, in regards to the core zone and the 40k speed limit. Troy, are you concerned about it at all? Not even a little bit, because like Julie said, arterials aren't changing. If people are confused about the speed limit of the street in front of their house, after four or five days, I mean, look at a sign. But (laughs) if you're driving through other people's neighborhoods and as a method of shortcutting on your commute, I think that signals a problem with your driving behavior, because that's where people live. And if this speed limit discourages people Mm -hmm. from driving 
sort of haphazardly through other people's places that they live, I think that's a win. There are some neighborhoods where it seems quite normal and okay to drive 30K, and then there's there's others that, yeah, they're very much neighborhoods, but they're, the, the, the roads are, are wider, um, where it would seem, you know, 30 or 40 might even seem like it's very well it would seem like it's very slow right um and i know i think you know last week one of the councillors had suggested i think it was uh, andrew knack about um, you know moving forward with with some of the rehabilitation projects and the the renewal projects like the one that was in your neighborhood um looking at how the road how wide the roadways are and what the speed limits are in in there have you have you looked into that at all and what that what that could mean well i think what what councillor knack was referring to is when we when we do neighborhood renewal maybe do something similar to what strathcona Mm -hmm. did which is where they they implemented a design speed of 30 um on their roads when they were getting ripped up and put back in anyhow um anything else i think what is important to remember is we only do neighborhood renewal X number of years and a neighborhood only gets it every 20 years. So we have 100 communities within Edmonton that have asked administration for traffic calming, for slower speeds, and only 30 of those are going to get neighborhood renewal within the next 10 years. So we need a solution now for all these communities that are demanding traffic management in their neighborhoods. And the core zone, that's one of them. And I think it's also a way for neighborhoods that have just undergone their neighborhood renewal consultation, like Alberta Avenue, that actually wanted to push a few things further, but weren't able to through that process. And so this is a way to fill in some of the gaps that maybe they felt got left behind in that process. Uh, heard some of one of the councillors mentioning yesterday, um, saying that some of the research shows that the move could increase a driver frustration, causing them to simply ignore the changes, you know, having to slow down that much, they'll just ignore it and they they might they might even go faster um what are your thoughts on that well i think that was one of our concerns with a blanket um 30 or even a blanket 40 is that um unless there are those adaptable um road um measures being put in place things like um you know some bowlers or some curb extensions or some quick install raised crosswalks things like that 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 offer those signals to drivers um that the 30 or the 40 really feels like the safe speed, then I think you do sometimes get that pushback and that that need to speed. Um, so that's why a, a core piece of our core zone proposal was not only the speed limit change, but also a commitment to implementing some of these adaptable measures on particular places at particular locations where it's going to matter in the community. At the end of the day, you know, and I, I drive some drive through some neighborhoods. I used to live in, in Terwilliger Town and, you know, lots of kids around there and, you know, you go around that big green space and the kids are playing soccer and there's playground and all of that. And off the top of my head, um, I don't think I was driving 50K through there. I think you, you, you slowed down because you knew, or at least I realized that there were kids in the neighborhood and the possibility of a dog running out into a street or a child running out into a street or whatever it is it was just there and I think some people you know feel like some sort of you know freedom on their driving is being taken away but I wonder how often people are actually speeding speeding through those neighborhoods I think 
the freedom question is a really important one to answer because we're not taking away freedom from drivers. We're giving freedom to every Edmontonian who wants to be able to use their neighborhood to talk with their neighbors on the street, to have kids play street hockey, to have that livable neighborhood. We are not touching arterial mm-hmm. roads. We can't say that enough. The only place this takes effect is where people live, play, and interact with their neighbors. At which point, you don't need to be driving fast there. You need to be living there. Have you seen changes in your neighborhood? Oh, absolutely. It has totally changed the street. I mean, um, the ability, like Troy mentioned, to be able to talk to your neighbors. I mean, standing on 106th Street or 76th Avenue a few years ago, you couldn't hear hear the person you were talking to unless you were quite close. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you can hear the, the leaves rustle on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. And that is just so beautiful. And, and we see lots and lots of families um, going and biking. I saw a little kid on a run bike <laughs> with the parent pulling another child in the trailer on uh, on 106th Street. That never used to happen. What about your neighborhood? Hazel Dean's an, an interesting one. There's a lot going on there. Now, my husband, when they moved down from uh, uh, High Prairie years and years and years ago, he grew up there and he talks about, you know, riding in the back alley on his bikes and being up and down the streets like a lot of us did when we, when we were younger. But, you know, there's a lot of things going on in that neighborhood right now. Great things going on in that neighborhood. Um, what is it like in Hazel Dean right now? It's great. I mean, better than Richie. Shout out to the Richie Community League. <laughs> but we're going through this massive redevelopment. We've got the 76 Ave, mm-hmm. we've got Faro, we've got the Richie Market, all yeah. these new businesses. And with that, it comes more traffic, more traffic, more people. And I'm stoked to have those people in my neighborhood. And I want to make sure that people crossing that four-way stop by Ritchie Market, that they're safe. And I want to welcome people to my neighborhood. And critically, I don't want them to die mm-hmm. while they're visiting. Mm-hmm. And I think this core zone, it's an unquestionable win towards that goal. Let's take a break here when we come back. I, I know that um, Councillor Zadig dropped this proposal to study distracted pedestrians. Uh, he wanted, he said he wanted to get the conversation going and it seems trust me, over the past few days the conversation is going but we'll continue this conversation. I want to get your opinions, your thoughts on this with Julie Kusiak and Troy Pavlik right after this. Julie Kusiak. That's right, thank you. Yeah, and Troy Pavlik joining us in studio. Um, so, Councillor Zadek wanted to have a conversation, uh, wanted to wanted the city to look at uh, distracted pedestrians. Um, and I know that that got dropped yesterday. Um, he said that it, you know, wanted to have that conversation and it started the conversation. Is there something there, do you believe, that we need to look at or maybe have an awareness campaign at least on distracted pedestrians? Well, I think Vision Zero that the City of Edmonton adopted a few years back has done a lot of education around um, pedestrian safety and sharing the road and shared responsibility. And I see no reason why the city can't continue to do that. And so I'm just not sure how... What he was proposing is a whole lot different than what the city is already trying to do around that message that it's up to everybody to do their part to make sure our streets are safe. For the record, if you look at some of the ad campaigns that the Vision Zero team has put up, there's never jaywalk, there's always make eye contact, there's look both ways. We have done every cliched pedestrian uh, safety advocacy campaign that you can think of, and 
we're going to continue to do that. Do we need to do something different then? Uh, yeah, we need to actually make material fixes to change things. Majority of pedestrians who die in Edmonton die in a marked crosswalk with the right of way. The problem is an infrastructure problem and a speed limit problem and a driver attentiveness problem. We have drivers have a disproportionate amount of risk when they're driving. A distracted pedestrian will never kill you when you're in a car. A distracted driver will 100% kill you. Could a distracted pedestrian though and uh, you know lead to their death though? Sure. Uh, anything can lead to anyone's death, but there's no epidemic of distracted pedestrianism. Well, I, if I could circle it back to the Vision Zero philosophy, though, is it's taking that systems-based approach to say um, mistakes will happen. Um, it could be anybody that makes that mistake in their role on the road, whether you're a driver or a pedestrian or a cyclist or whoever. Um, and so what we need to do is design our roadways so that when mistakes do happen, because they will, let's try and make them deadly as least the least number of times that we can and less severe when they do happen. We're almost out of time and uh, there's a couple questions that came in on the text line that I want you to answer. And one of them was uh, someone wanted to... Um, uh, about the carbon, uh, carbon uh, about uh, emissions and uh, the impact on, on traveling slower. If you are traveling 50 kilometers an hour in your neighborhood right now, you need to slow down. Also, cars are more efficient at lower speeds, so there's a body of evidence that suggests we may actually decrease our carbon footprint by doing this. But the point that he's trying to broach here is that it'll cause traffic gridlock. We're not touching arterial roads. No arterial road changes. Hammer that as many times as possible. Um, some people saying, you know, roads aren't for aren't aren't for a place for for kids to play. Right, and I would say that um, you know the roads are for everyone. And in fact, the city of Edmonton has put out um, a neighborhood um, street play guide, which is sort of this how-to guide on how to activate your street and and book your your neighborhood event on your street. And so I think there is a recognition that there needs to be that balance, the ability for people to get where they need to go, but also the ability to build community. And part of our community is our road infrastructure as well. And you're seeing more and more people moving into your neighborhood, you're seeing some great things happening in your neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. You know, since the raised crosswalks and the narrowed lanes and the bike lanes went in on our two major collectors, we're seeing, um, you know, kids and families there that we didn't see before. We're seeing um, children and their families of school-aged children move into the neighborhood, whereas before they were all moving out when their kids started school. Now they're moving in. Julie Cusick, Troy Pavlik, if people want to find out more information about the work that uh, your organization is doing, where can they do that? Well, they can email us at livablestreetsedmonton at gmail.com or they can um, go ahead and just search out the hashtag. Yeg Corzone on Twitter, that's the best place to find it. Or talk to your neighbor about it. Talk to your counselor. The point of this is discussing what livable streets could mean to Edmontonians. So we need to discuss with our neighbors what our streets could be rather than what they are right now. Thank you for the conversation today. Thank you for having us.